a lot of the financial people that you guys are watching are YouTubers and they became wealthy because they're YouTubers, not because they built businesses. The way I view them is very much how I'd view a sports center anchor. I was dunking in the ninth grade, son. Uh, whoa! They're an entertainer. They're there to talk about what the people who are actually doing stuff are doing. At the end of the day, right? What will drive you in business and why you do what you do is your purpose. Because dollars will only take you so far. Once you hit your monetary goal of what you want to make, that no longer becomes a motivation. Y you had mentioned like, earlier yeah. of like, hey, it kind of feels weird because I like to buy something nice and mm -hmm. then that motivates me to go get it. And that's that's normal. That's totally cool. But there will be a point where you get everything you want mm -hmm. and then it becomes what motivates me now. All right, I got my guy Fuzzy with me, dude. What's up, man? What's up, man? I like the beard. You no know, shave November. We're trying. We're trying. This is like three weeks worth, by the way. So mine's too, but yours looks a lot more thick than mine. Oh, you actually think so? Yeah. Every time I look in the mirror, I see zero progress. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I see yours. You actually look more, how do I say, more professional without saying you always look professional. You think I look more professional with a beard? Well, your skin is so clear that when you have a little bit of like stuff on it, uh -huh. it's like this guy... He's been through some stuff as opposed to this, squeaky, squeaky sweet. clean, Ryan Pineda, like, always on hair quaffed. Dude. It's like, oh, he's got some deficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I told people. This is my recession beard. You know, you're a baseball guy and we're going to get into that. But, you know, you do things for the rally, right? Like we got our rally caps. We got mm. whatever. This is the rally beard. It's a rally buster. I'm trying buster. to get us out of this recession <laughs> and I'm trying to get rates lower. Like I, I first it started as no shave November. But okay. I think I'm not shaving until we see rates in the fives again. Fives? I, I need to rally us up. Listen, I'm <laughs> younger than you, and the first thing that I learned about my mortgage rate was 2.9. That's great. Let's see if we can get lower to 2.75. <laughs> and now I look back at that time. You're like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, and I'm looking at mortgage rates every single morning. When is it going to be 7.1? When is it going to be 6.8? I'm just hoping for the day that I can finally buy a bigger home and not feel like I should stay in my smaller home because I have a 2.9 interest rate. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. All of my friends, I had an argument with my friend two years ago. He said, interest rates have zero correlation on purchase power. I said, just you, just you wait. He's 25, 26. We're trying to learn all this stuff together. Um, that's the one thing about high school. I wish that we could learn more about interest rates, credit scores, all this different stuff. Yeah. But now that it's 7.1, you 7.5% and people aren't lowering their prices. I'm on Zillow all day long yeah. trying to see. Okay, people are holding firm. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that because I okay. got some advice I want to give you. But for yeah. the people who don't know you, man, I mean, you, you've accomplished a lot on YouTube. You, Thank you. You make baseball content. Yep. You do recaps of games. You you are a gamer. Yep. <laughs> How many subs you got now, YouTube subscribers? So on my main channel, I just separated like my recaps and my gaming. They're on two separate channels now. So my main channel is like 430, 430,000. Yep. And then my gaming channel, I just started it. I have 15,000 subs, but I'm getting 40,000 views a yeah. video so i'm just honing in on really cheating the algorithm yeah. which is my biggest skill in my opinion i don't think i'm the most entertaining but i really feel like i can optimize my videos as well as anyone yeah and i think there's a lot of people here who are watching that are content creators so i want to talk about optimizing mm -hmm. and things but for, sure. for people who are watching this they're like okay this guy kind of just makes youtube videos about baseball games like mm -hmm. it's just you recapping the game really. that's all it is quick yeah. pitch like what do you make doing that in terms of like what I get out of it or... Yeah, like how much money do you make uh, just recapping video or baseball games, dude, and playing it, video games? It, it honestly depends on if my video gets copyright claimed or not. So okay. because I used, you know, how at the end of broadcast, they're like, this 
blah, blah, blah is copyright material, yeah. express written consent, all that. It actually is copyrighted. So when I use their clips and videos, if I don't get copyrighted, I can make anywhere from a couple hundred bucks to if it really pops off, a thousand dollars. In a day? In a day, yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago when the Astros got busted for cheating and banging on trash cans, I mean, I was getting 400,000 views in 24 hours. It was right. the craziest thing. I took pictures of my analytics. Like, I'll <laughs> never see these numbers again. But if I'm copyrighted, zero dollars. Yeah. Zero dollars. And the copyright system sucks. I'll upload an Angels Red Sox game and the bot, the YouTube bot will read it as Mets versus the Cubs. Huh. So there's a lot of copyright, whether it's music or actual material that I had to spend so much time gaming the system where now I can't remember the last time I got copyrighted. So that part's fine. So we're, we're doing well. Yeah. We're making a good amount. <laughs> okay. So like just on like YouTube ad revenue for a channel that size in that mm -hmm. niche, like what's is the ad since 40 grand, 50 grand. Yeah. So we were talking about this, Ryan and I, there's something called CPM. You guys will, if you're making content, it's just how much you make per thousand views. Ryan has historic CPM. Uh, so there's a big difference in like finance channels and sports channels and gaming channels. So I hover around 14 to 16 CPM. So if I have a really good month where I'm hitting 5 million views, I'll probably do 15 on a good month or something like that. And that's just me lowballing. Yeah. Um, and if I'm feeling nice about, you know, I have an eight minute video, I won't put any mid rolls in it. I'll just do one at the beginning, one at the end. So I got to probably be more cutthroat with my my with mid rolls and yeah, yeah. get my my rpm up there but my videos aren't hard to make yeah so i almost feel bad putting a bunch of ads in the videos <laughs> i don't know about you but um that's just something that i've learned to cope with and maybe i give myself i think you're too honestly much overthinking it probably yeah. i just don't think people care well then and then, yeah i think so as well and hmm. and then i thought to myself so many people have ad block and then even when you're making a YouTube video, they'll tell you when you put your ads in your videos, there's no guaranteed chance this ad will be in your video. Well, you know what's funny too is um, I've had YouTube premium for years, so I don't I ever pay, see ads. Yeah, I pay for that as well. Yeah, so I think a lot of people who watch a lot of YouTube probably have that. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because sometimes we'll be on my other accounts which don't have premium. Okay. And then we'll see my ad pop up on my video. Like your actual Ryan Pineda ad. Yeah, because okay. we, we run, you know, six figures a month of ads mm -hmm. for my different companies, right? Okay. And I'll be like, dude, I've never seen that ad before because I don't watch ads because <laughs> right. I don't have, I have premium. So do you just, almost like your TikToks where you sit down for four or five hours and you get content pumped out, do you just pump out promoted videos and content like that? But do you consider that content in your head or is that separate from... Uh, yeah, I think... Um, like, how should people almost diversify? These are paid, promoted videos. Should they look different than my normal content? Or do you try and make it as seamless as possible? So what I've gotten really good Because I've never really seen one at, of your ads. Yeah, what I've gotten really good at is creating content-based ads. And so really, okay. it's just doing like a TikTok or a Reel or even a YouTube video where I'm like, hey, here's what's going on in the real estate market. Boom, 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 boom. You know, giving a ton of value. And I'm like, hey, if you want to learn how to navigate this, click the link below or DM me the word this, right? So it's like, they got a ton of value if they watched it all the way through and now it's up to them. Do mm -hmm. you want to learn more or not? The ads that don't work these days are when you go straight into ad mode where you're like, Pumping stuff I have out. the great, I have the best coaching program. Right. Join it. It's amazing. Do you think that's why Ty Lopez was so successful with his, do you remember his In yeah. My Garage? Of course. Knowledge. It's classic. So the whole, do you think it's a fake persona that people just catch on to and it's, Money. I just, well, I think that 
the type of ad and the type of content are constantly adapting, right? Three years ago, there was no TikTok style video. None. And so that wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Today, yeah, you better learn how to make ads using TikTok style. Right. Right. And it was the same thing I told YouTubers years ago where I'm like, you guys got to get on TikTok. You got to get on Reels. It's Mm -hmm. going to take over. I mean, so now that you have all of that information, I think the number one question I get asked nowadays, if you could go back or if you were a YouTuber in today's landscape, how would you start making YouTube videos? I tell them I wouldn't. I would start on TikTok. Yeah. I would learn how to make content through short video form. And then I would start posting that on Reels. I would post that on YouTube and one thing that Ryan was telling me years ago is don't be afraid to repurpose content. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if someone saw it over here, it's not going to get clicked on over there. So then the YouTube algorithm is going to kill it. The CTR, the click-through rate, it's going to be suppressed. And then you think you're building three separate audiences. So just because it got a million views on Reels doesn't mean it can't get 5 million on YouTube Shorts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are asking like, should I do promoted ads? Should I do Shorts? Should I do YouTube long-form podcasts? I say do it all. Just make five videos, all different topics, whatever pops off, make a second video of that. Yeah. And I don't think it's, ever, there's never been an easier time to become a content creator than is, right now as we're talking. I agree. I, uh, so I have a coaching program called Content Empire, right? Okay. Anybody interested, it's contentempire.io. And content so Empire. we teach em, or we teach entrepreneurs how to build their brand and create content and turn those money or those views into dollars. Okay. That's our motto. And we literally just went through this today of like, okay, guys, let's talk about our schedule, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how much content we want to post and across what platforms. And I said, based on your time and your budget, here's what I would do. So I said, if you get $0, here's what I would do. If you got a $5,000 budget, oh, that's smart. here's what I would do. Okay. If you got 10000 here's what I would do. And in both the 0 to 5000 case, it's all short form. You're not even messing with long form, right? Mm-hmm. Because think about it. What's the easiest way to grow from zero? It's to do short form, Yep, right? But people get caught up in the revenue side of it because you're not making... But remember, everyone in Content Empire is already an entrepreneur. They're making money. They have a business. Okay. We don't, we're not YouTube creators and that's not our main revenue source. Mm-hmm. So for them, they already got jobs and businesses. They need eyeballs onto the business. The best way to get those eyeballs? Shorts. Reels, TikToks. I keep forgetting that you didn't start off as a content creator. Yeah. Like you went from baseball to real estate, baseball and real estate at the same time. And I keep thinking Ryan is just the TikTok (laughs) Rolex colorful hair guy when really you've done so much before that. So I think people forget that happened and you use that as your, like you leapfrog from that to this. Yeah. So there's so many ways to reach what we're doing. You're doing real estate. I'm doing baseball. A lot of people don't watch baseball. It's so niche or niche, however you say it. Mm -hmm. So I think so many people get caught up in maybe having a coaching program like that to really streamline it. Like focus on these things because I've already done them. This is what worked. Just do this. Well, the interesting thing is for, and this is why I created the program because I knew I had something that nobody else was offering because there's a lot of programs out there that will teach you how to become a professional YouTuber and like YouTube is your stream of income how to go grow so you get better AdSense, how you mm-hmm. can go get sponsors and you know the life of an influencer creator, right? And you see that most big creators are that way. Mm-hmm. They made their original money from being creators. When I said, look, I came as an entrepreneur, like I had made millions as an entrepreneur well before content creation. And I knew that content creation and social media was the next frontier 
for entrepreneurs. And I knew they were all going to get on eventually. They just, it was too early. So I kind of paved the way. And eventually after everything I learned and experimented with, you know, I've experimented everything, everything. you can imagine. Yeah. But you were pretty much first on shorts. I was a naysayer of shorts and you said, do it. This was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Cause I just want to try. I want to experiment yep. always. And so after, you know, almost three years of doing this, I said, okay, here's the deal guys. I know exactly how to do this as an entrepreneur. I'm not trying to teach people who are making no money how to become pro influencers. What I'm teaching is entrepreneurs who have a business, how to still have a business and manage it, but now create content that's going to help them get the right customers for their business. Mm -hmm. I could give a crap how much AdSense you make. I could care less how many sponsors you get. If you do, great. But the real money, as I know it, is made in your business. So you're trying to build entrepreneurs, not necessarily content creators. I'm trying to turn entrepreneurs into content creators. Uh, okay, that makes sense. For their business. Because someone like me, I don't care about ever having my own this, this, and that. I strictly just want to make YouTube videos. You do today. Forever. Nah, you do today. Well, unless it's like I open up a bar or a batting cage, I can't see myself wanting to build products. You or do wanting to today. sell. Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing that I'm weary of is you've probably seen it, or maybe you don't, because maybe you don't look at your TikTok comments, but a lot of people are afraid of trolls and you get trolled a lot. Yeah. So when you come out with a content empire program, a lot of people say, why can't you just give that out for free? So mm -hmm. when people say something like that, where, where it's like back in the day we played baseball, we don't just go to the batting cage and there's a professional athlete giving out free advice. You have hitting coaches. So I kind of liken it to, not that I am hard pressed to give out information and advice, but I, I went through a lot. I struggled a lot. I had a lot of 10 out of 10 videos. All that means is 10 out of 10. YouTube hated flop. your video. <laughs> it flopped. You wasted your time. You're ugly. You're adopted. That video sucked. <laughs> you might as well quit. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just quit. Yeah. Um, so for now that it's so streamlined of if you want to become a content creator, whether it's with your program or watching Mr. Beast do podcast, it's all kind of out there for you. Let's say that the people watching do end up becoming content creators. That becomes easy, making content. How do you deal with everything outside of that? Thinking about- like the trolls and crap? The trolls, what's next? Because the, the Bro, three I, things- I, just, I think you're just, and we've talked about this, I think you're just too self-conscious of these people. No, I, I'm not anymore. Okay. And that's what I'm, so there's a streamlined process to make content. Yeah. How is there, because I see a lot of athletes dealing with it as well. They get drafted and they start responding to trolls. So when you're building your programs, do you bake in, okay, not only do you have to make content, but you have to hold yourself accountable and not respond to these people. I get what you're saying. You see what okay. I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. a lot of people miss that part of the process. Mm. It's all creating content. It's all building a business. Well, what if you mess everything up with one tweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- you know, a lot of people, it, it all just goes back to the beginning of the fear of making content, right? Because there's there's some kind of fear that's preventing them from doing it initially, right? They think they don't speak well on camera. Yeah. They think that they're boring. They're not good looking enough. Or like, like me, I go in circles. Sometimes I can't stay on, I yeah. go on tangents. So whatever the case is, right? Yeah. They have some kind of false belief, right? And I always just tell them like, look, for and actually one of the false beliefs they have is, well, what are my friends and family going to think of me if I start mm. making these videos okay. and put myself out there and talking about money I'm making or deals I'm doing? And I was like, guys, you know what I think? Who cares? 
who cares what you think? Who cares what they think? Who Are you cares? saying that because you, you've already seen the thousands of comments or did, or did you go into content creation with that mindset? Um, honestly, I, I got used to it from playing baseball, right? Because you get booed, you have fans. Okay. Like it's the same thing. Fair like point. I've, I've gotten used to just people criticizing you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I made videos, I, it was just natural of like, yeah, I mean, that's just comes with the process. Like you're going to have haters. Like, mm -hmm. and as I grow bigger, there will be more haters and I'm going to have more drama and more lawsuits and more whatever, like lawsuits. That's what it is. That's what happens when you become big. Have you ever seen a big company who doesn't get sued, who doesn't have haters? No, actually that's a fair point. You know, like Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. You know how many people hate Elon? Mm-hmm. You see uh, on Twitter, three quarters of the employees at Twitter are gone. I don't think they like him. <laughs> no, definitely not. Man, are you keeping up with all that? Oh, yeah. Everything Elon does. And oh, yeah, Twitter's... I love it. I love it because that's yeah. a guy who does not care what anyone thinks of him. And that's what allows him to innovate and do what he believes and to kill it. You know, all these other companies, I saw a thing, CBS is like, we're no longer going to I saw it, and now they're back on yeah, it. They're like, well, I guess we'll be back on. Elon's like, you know what? I'm bringing back Trump. I'm bringing back Andrew Tate. I'm bringing back everyone. I don't care what <laughs> yeah. anyone thinks. Right. That's, that's what happens when you have the freedom of not caring what anyone d thinks of you and you just doing what you believe is right. So that's the big thing that we try to teach them is like, mm -hmm. look, you understand this is going to be great for your business, right? Fantastic. That means it's going to be great for your family, your employees, those around you. That's great, right? You also believe your content's going to be valuable. People are going to see value in it. You're going to help a lot of people along the way. So what would be stopping you from doing this? A couple of people who think you're that you suck or that you know you're a scam. Yeah. Or, who cares? Yeah. If you are commenting on people's stuff, like looking for that, your life probably sucks. When's the last time you commented on a video? Been a long time. And, and not just like, oh, this was a killer video. <laughs> I'm talking about a negative. You're trying to tear someone down oh, never. or dislike the video. No, never. That's never happened. You ever look at a comment and just think, what is this person going through? And almost from a Christian well, perspective, you want to feel bad for him, but it's so negative. You just don't. <laughs> <laughs> for those wondering, I actually met Fuzzy at church a long time ago. Way back in the day. I was, um, I was actually teaching Sunday school. And this was back in what, 20... 13, maybe? Oh, 2014. No, 2014, 2015. Yeah, so 2014, I was teaching Sunday school, fifth grade boys, and you were like helping out too? What were you doing? No, so Roxy introduced me to you at, it was at the crossing, Yep. and it was like some 6 p.m. Bible study. It was a course almost. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they showed videos, and you- That was a different thing, yep. Yeah, 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 and then- she tried to introduce me because you played baseball and I was just too timid at the time. I remember exactly <laughs> you were where probably, you were. How old were you back then? You were probably only like- 20? No, you weren't 20. Like 19, 20. Okay. And I was going through a breakup. So I was, that was the only reason why I was there. Okay. So maybe God can help me through this breakup. But that's where I met Ryan. And uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think that this was going to come out of Yeah, you weren't a YouTuber. Day. I wasn't- Nope. A, you know, I was a baseball guy. But, yep. Yeah. Crazy times. Now we're going to get you back to Bible study, dude. I'm I already, need to. I'm already calling you back out. I know. I've been called out. I called myself out. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it's so bad to say out loud, but I work so much. Yeah. And I do so much and I give my time to so many people. Yeah. That I'm having a tough time fitting God in, well, which is the worst thing. Well, I know. and But this is like what the wealthy way is all about, right? Okay. It's, it's all about having wealth in all areas of life, not just YouTube and 
fame and money and success, but also in your faith, your health, which your health, you've been doing an amazing job. You yes. lost like 60 pounds. 60, yeah, 60, 65 pounds. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, in the year I've seen you, you've definitely turned that thing on. Um, and then, you know, with your family, I mean, you're not married yet. You don't have kids yet, but I mean, here's the truth, right? If like you already struggle with it now to make time for God, mm -hmm. it ain't getting easier. <laughs> it's getting a lot harder when you have a family and it, your business scales and it gets bigger. This, yeah. So people ask me, they're like, dude, uh, you know, but what about right now when you're first building and trying to grow and like, is it okay to like overwork then? And I'm like, you realize if you're an entrepreneur, you're always building. You're yeah. always scaling. Well, I, I see that perception, especially when you make your videos on food. Yeah. So when you made a TikTok reel about your at-home chef, mm -hmm. people had that perception of, well, now it's easy for you to say because you have the balance. You've been past the point where you felt like, when does this end? When does the good things in life start happening? Yeah. And you can't find the balance. So I think people criticize you a lot, at least from my perception, just on the other end of the phone. And I see all the hate. And I almost think to myself, how did Ryan balance everything? Is it really just delegating everything that you're not good at and just focusing on what you are? And then if that's the case, how do you get so successful to the point where that's even something that's fathomable, something that you can actually attain? Because I'm successful. I don't know how to find good editors. I don't know how to find <laughs> good thumbnail makers or people that I can trust to put my baby in their hand as well because they weren't there at the beginning. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand balance. I don't understand how that's achievable in our shoes when yeah. shorts, reels, the landscape is always changing. And then yeah. you grow up and you, people die. Like I never had anyone die until last year. Um, I never bought a house. I never had a nice car. And with a nice car comes different off the field stuff, so to speak, yeah. with the perception of you. Yeah. Oh, fuzzy. You know, he used to be humble, kept his head down, didn't want to, you know, flex. Now he's flexing. Yeah. So all of these weird little nuances that are yeah, showing you, up to what, where it's like. What you have is an issue of you're still super concerned about what other people think of you. But do you think that's a me thing or do you think that's where society is going? No, I think you. a lot of I people mean, strugg it, struggle with it. No, they do. Yeah. It, and like, not to like say I'm perfect. Like it's yeah. not me. <laughs> it definitely, <laughs> I've, I'm bad at a lot of things. <laughs> well, no, but like everyone has the choice on whether or not they choose to care what other people think about them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, we all have the individual choice. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, with the whole balance thing, man, it's, it's a never ending thing mm -hmm. because like I said, a, a big question I always get, they're like, Ryan, I get like, you're talking about you do it now. Cause you have a big company. People can do stuff for you you got money, like whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how do you think I got here? Do you think that I just like worked super hard, like, um, and I just only did work and I'm still married and I, you know, still have Bible studies and I'm still in shape. Like, do you think that somehow I did it differently than how it is here today? And do you think like that? I think I'm done. Like mm -hmm. I've made it like, no, I don't think I've made it. Like, I think I'm just at the beginning of where I'm building to go. Like, I think, you know, I, I had Grant Cardone sitting right there and he's like, bro, you need to become a billionaire. And I'm like, you're right. Like, let's do it. And so I'm thinking, okay, what is the path to becoming a billionaire? Right. Most people will tell you, well, dude, <laughs> you're going to have to grind. Mm -hmm. There's no other way around it. And I'm like, well, we'll see. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go about it my way. Just like you have seen me with experimenting and do the th everything. I'm like, I'm going to go about it my way and let's just see over time which way is better. And 
it's been proven to work pretty good so far. And I think even in the long term of things, like I can become a billionaire doing exactly what I do today. And then what would be funny is, you know, however many years from now, I'll be a hundred millionaire and they'll say, well, yeah, it's easy to say now because you're a hundred yeah, millionaire. It's just a never ending spin cycle of he, he had it easier. Yeah. It's he, like they just see the end result and not the grind of you being, you know, a 20th round pick or whatever you were yeah. and starting off in double A or making no money. Making I never no made money. it to double A. Right. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Like, so, so you were just hustling real estate and single A and be, I mean, here's the point of like what I'm willing to do that others aren't. I played for eight seasons of professional baseball. Let me just tell you guys, if you didn't play baseball, that sounds awful. <laughs> I quit because I fell out of love with it. Did you love baseball after yeah. the fifth and sixth year? Mm-hmm. Like you still enjoy baseball? Yep. Out of the, pure love. I can't imagine. I've heard stories of players having to cook chicken in hot bathtubs because they I've can't I've done afford. everything you can imagine to survive while so, playing baseball. You know, it's actually funny you say that. I've seen comments where you don't explain I'm a former single A player. Yeah. You say I'm a former baseball player. And then they use that as a means to, when you say I have a home chef, oh, it's because he played baseball. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, no, he dude, he was playing with the rats for eight years in single A. <laughs> no offense, but yeah, that was. is I mean, a like, miserable experience. But tell me how many people I was making anywhere from $1,200 to $1,600 a month for eight years, never getting past, never even getting to double A. I got to high A, right? How many people would pursue a dream for eight no years one. doing that? Look at Michael Jordan. Yeah. He said, I'm done. I tapped out in double A yeah. after like 60 games mm-hmm. because of the bus rides. Well, Everything you know, that, when you're the best basketball player ever and then, you know, you go back to like some crappy situation. That's a yeah, little bit of a different okay, story. Okay, maybe. But, right, but like- even still, a guy who's never made it, you know, most people, they give up their dream early because of financial reasons, right? They're like, hey, you know, I, I just got to start making some money. This is not. Well, what would you say about, we were talking about balance. Because social media is so prevalent and there are so many goals that people have, whether it's I want a house, I want a nice car, I want to be a billionaire. Doesn't that become distracting to the point where like, you don't have a central goal? Like, is your central goal now to become a billionaire? Or so, is it to be a good father? And then you have, so it's, I feel like it's hard to prioritize nowadays. And that's where a lot of people get caught up is, you know, a lot of people watching right now, they might not be happy at their job, mm-hmm. but they also might want a home. They also might want to be a better, better father. Is, so how do this you- This is exactly what the Wealthy Way is all about. Because most people think it's about having to have one sole focus of, I want to be a billionaire. It's like, no, life is not about that. Life is about having goals in all the aspects of life, right? Um, so I created the wealth acronym, worship, education, affluence, lifestyle, team, and health. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I set goals in each of those categories that I'm going to go achieve each year. So in my health, look, I want to achieve this. Um, for my wealth or for my um, affluence, aka my money, I want to go achieve this. In my faith with God, here are the things I want to achieve. And so, you know, I've created a planner. People can get it for free at wealthyway.com. It's free software. By the way, um, there's probably be an ad in this video, but I have a, my book is coming out December 13th, The Wealthy Way. Okay. So I'm super excited about that. You guys December can pick it up. 13th, everyone. Pre-order. Pre-order, Amazon. <laughs> you can get the Kindle for a dollar. Okay. Um, and it's way more, it's not one of those like cheap dollar, but I just want people to have it. Um, and I also created a whole new course called Business Builder Academy that I'm going to give away for free to those who buy it and leave a review. So um, you'll be able to get that all at wealthywaybook.com. So anyways, um, 
with that being said, I think that most people just that they are so singularly focused on one thing and they forget everything else. Mm -hmm. Right. For me, you asked, what's the main goal? Um, I mean, I have lots of goals, like I said, but if you had asked me, what's my purpose at this point, what pushes me to go make content and start businesses and keep grinding and all that every day, man, it's really twofold. Like I soup, I am super passionate about growing the wealthy way and helping entrepreneurs live better lives, more fulfilling. Like that's obviously a big part of it Two is leading people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that will always be the calling above all. And however that looks, whether that's through content, whether that's through the people around me, whether that's through um, starting nonprofits or donating to churches or whatever, like they'll all play different roles in how I achieve that. Um, but three, I do know that in order to reach that goal of leading people, it requires a lot of money to go help whatever missionaries and churches and people who are out there doing the work. Cause you know, there's, there's different parts that, uh, we all got to do with, um, being a part of the body of Christ. Some people are meant to go be pastors. Some people are meant to be missionaries. Some are meant to just be the janitors at the church. Some are meant to do Sunday school. Others are meant to finance it. Mm -hmm. So like if I have all of these abilities and talents, that's what I have to go do. Cause mm -hmm. if I don't do that and I just go retire and like chill on the beach and whatever, do you think that that's being obedient no. to like what God's called me to do? No. And the thing people don't realize, and this is why you'll never hear me talk about retirement and financial freedom, is that nowhere in the Bible does it ever say, go retire and chill. <laughs> no. It, it says that nowhere. Something about being a good steward and being a good steward all of that your money. Stuff, but right. also too, you're going to basically fight the good fight until you're dead. Like you're always going to be fighting. Mm-hmm. Real quick, if you haven't heard, my book, The Wealthy Way, is coming out December 13th. I have been working on this book for years, and I'm super excited about it, and I want to have a massive launch, and I need your help. So here's what we are going to do. You can actually pre-order the book on Amazon right now on the Kindle version. And the best part is that Kindle version is only going to be 99 cents. Now, this book is a lot more valuable than 99 cents, but I want to get it in everyone's hands. So you can support by ordering it there right now. Now, on December 13th, you can get access to the paperback, you can get access to the Audible and all that good stuff. But that's not all we're doing. If you wanna really support and leave a review for the book, I'm actually going to be giving away a free course that I created called Business Builder Academy. This is teaching everyone how to start a business from start to scratch, how to figure out your branding, your products, sales, marketing, everything that I've done to start up all of my businesses. I've put into this academy and I'm gonna give it to you completely free as long as you leave a review on Amazon. So think about it. You can go buy the book for a dollar, leave a review and get a course worth thousands. So if you want to support and you wanna get access to that, go to wealthywaybook.com, okay? Wealthywaybook.com, you'll be able to go pre-order it. You'll be able to submit proof of your review and you're gonna get access to that course. So. I appreciate all you guys. Let's have a huge launch for this book and change some lives. That's that's a lot. It's very counterintuitive you know, to you know, what everyone will tell you. But the thing about that, the word that I picked up on, you differentiated goals and purpose. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have a purpose. Yeah. And I think that's the number one struggle of, I want to do social media, I want to do all this, but what's the purpose? What yeah. are you trying to do? My purpose in life is I think baseball used to be really cool. I still think it's cool. It's just not as cool. A lot of people want to play basketball. So my main purpose in life is I just want baseball to be accessible. I want it to be affordable again. 
I don't know how much baseball bats were when you were young. A lot of money. But they're like five, $600 now. It's crazy. It's insane. And cleats. And I mean, I used to get made fun of because I went to Faith Lutheran. Okay. And I was the poor kid at Faith Lutheran. So I'd roll <laughs> up in my minivan uh-huh. and I'd have to shop at Ross for my cleats. But my purpose now is I, I feel for those kids. And some of those kids, like some of the best players I ever played with were dead broke never were able to do showcases. Yep. So your purpose is building entrepreneurs, yep. whether it's through faith or maybe they're not faith-based, but you can still connect with them yeah. using the things that faith has taught you. Exactly. So I think it's important to use your purpose to attain your goals. And I'm slowly but surely understanding that through meeting people like you, where it's not, in my opinion, healthy to just throw out a bunch of goals, hope you attain them. And then when you don't see the box checked off, it's, well, I failed. <laughs> That's the worst. I don't know well, if you have... I think, too, it's okay if you don't know your purpose right away. Like, I did not know years ago that this would be my purpose that I'm going down, right? Like, when I first got on YouTube, it was like, hey, like, I want to be known as, like, a top house flipper. And, like, people know they can go follow me for that. And How's so, that going, by the way? The whole housing market. Not to, like, super interrupt, <laughs> but is that... We'll talk about the housing okay, market oh, yeah. after this. I, I yeah. wanted to make sure I'll I finish asked up you the, about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish up the purpose section of this. So, going into it, I, my purpose wasn't... There was no wealthy way. There was none of that, right? Okay. It was like, yo, let me be the most known house flipper and teach people how to flip houses. That'll change their lives. It's going to be good for business. It's great. And I, I think I accomplished that pretty good. Well, from there, I kept getting asked, hey, dude, like, how are you living your life like that? Like, what's the, what's the, how do you manage all these businesses and do all this stuff? You do stuff? a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, there's a lot that goes into it. I do this. I do that. And I was like, I'm just going to create a framework for this. So I made a course, gave it away for free. You know, now we've written the book and we're building a mobile app and all that. But today when I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, what's the next stage of my evolution as a content creator? Like, it's not about just house flipping anymore, right? Like I talk about a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I was starting to think through this um, actually this weekend and it kind of dawned on me. I was like, you know, I'm talking a lot about faith these days as an entrepreneur and I was trying to think, who if, if somebody else was a Christian entrepreneur just getting started, who are they going to go look up to right now on the social media space? Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. My friends are starting a faith-based apparel. Yeah. And they're trying their best, but it's so niche. Yep. And they're making baseball skits. And I ended up giving them advice. And maybe it's terrible that I'm a <laughs> Christian saying this, but I said, don't be a faith brand backed by baseball, be a baseball brand backed by faith. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I can't point to this person as their role model and say, just do it like them. Right. And maybe that's because I'm timid about faith and it really does rub people the wrong way. And maybe I'm- But it goes back to, you don't, if you don't care what people think. No, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But also you have to care about your bottom line and your future. But you don't. Not when it's about something bigger than that. Sure, but opinions of- Okay, we all know that Twitter... So who has more to lose by expressing very strong beliefs? Me or you? Me. You have more to lose? Yes. Okay, why? I think that I have more to lose because I don't have... This is going to sound so bad. A nest egg Uh comparable to yours. So there's a guy that's gone viral over the last few months. His name is Andrew Tate. Yep. He considers himself (laughs) uncancelable. And it's probably because he has... He's back on Twitter, though. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so it's like, I I have to watch what I say because if I got canceled tomorrow and my YouTube channel terminated, I'm dependent on YouTube. I get that. I think you're so 
good at what you do and you're so self-sufficient and efficient that yeah, you don't you're, need. You're right on that point. You're right. right. But I would lose more money than you if I got canceled. That's my point, right? But you wouldn't go to zero. No, I would still be fine. But <laughs> I would I would lose a lot more money, mm-hmm. right? Because my marketing power for what I do today generates significantly more dollars mm-hmm. from social media. But nonetheless, okay, that that's irrelevant beyond the point because it doesn't matter if you truly believe in the cause that you're promoting and that you're talking about. The bottom line, the the ramifications, none of it matters. I mean, all the uh, 10 out of the 11 disciples were were killed yeah. for what they believed, right? So, you know, for me, as I was just thinking about everything, I was to to your the point of your friends. I actually agree with what you said mm-hmm. of that not not being like we are a Christian brand, but we are a brand. We are an apparel company run by Christians, right? I think that's great. That's how I view myself too. It's like, this is not a Christian podcast or anything, right? Right. But what I believe is going to come out if it naturally comes out in conversation. I'm not like pushing it on people, right? It's like, we're talking about it. Like, I'm not going to shy away from it. Mm -hmm. But what I was thinking as when it came to purpose, I was like thinking about your friends and mine. I'm like, who do these people have to look up to? And I was thinking, I was like- Joel Osteen? Well, no, he's not a Christian entrepreneur. <laughs> That's what I'm but, saying. Like, he's a pastor. Right. Which <laughs> a lot of people feel one way or about another. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, right. I was like, I might be the most influential Christian entrepreneur today. Like, I can't say that there's one person who's as strongly opinionated nope. about their faith Mm-mm. who has this level of influence. So, and And sometimes you do it so much to the point where I'm like, I wonder if that's turning people away. And Ryan keeps on doing it. He's so dedicated to it. He doesn't care if people are turned away. I don't care, but it just made me think like, if I'm like, whether I am or not, the fact to be like in the conversation, Mm -hmm. the fact that I personally can't think of anybody that I would say, I like look up to of like, that's the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, he's so bold about his faith. He's super famous. Like, this is great. There are guys who are like, you know they're Christians, but like that, they're not talking about it, right? No. Like it's not good it, for the bottom line. Mm-hmm. To your point, yeah, they're they're like, hey, I just want to stay like cool with everyone. I'm not trying to deal with that. Do you um, think that's fake? Do you think that's something? I think that, some are. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Some are definitely. Um, do you think that doing what we do requires fakeness? No, and, and putting on a persona. Well, I think uh, look. Uh, in social media with entertainment, yeah, entertainment requires some form of acting, right? But I don't think that the things you believe, you need to really act. Like what I'm saying, I truly believe. There's no acting about it. Mm-hmm. And if anyone doesn't like it, it is what it is. I don't really care. I remember when you first spoke up about your uh, like your company, you weren't going to require certain medical things that were happening in the last year. I was like, dude, Ryan's got Ryan's got some nuts to say this on camera in front of thousands of people because I know, let's say I had that belief. Yeah. I'm putting that in the shed. I'm not telling anyone that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, I I uh, never got vaccinated. I never made anyone do anything. And uh, yeah, I think obviously that turned out to be the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm even talking about other things I'm doing. Like I just got my concealed carry permit. Yeah, you're uh, fighting people in your garage. I, and- <laughs> I just got done training today. I was fighting. Um, Form's a little shaky. Well, I, you I'm know, sorry, it's only my second I'm joking. <laughs> people have been asking who's going to be my opponent. I'm 175. You're and 175. You yeah, but let's check the BMI here. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Come on, man. <laughs> CPM, BMI, you're vastly ahead in those departments. 
but no, I mean, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, right, what will drive you in business and why you do what you do is your purpose. Because dollars will only take you so far. You know, at the end of the day, once you hit your monetary goal of what you want to make, that no longer becomes a motivation. Mm-hmm. Like you, you had mentioned like, earlier yeah. of like, hey, it kind of feels weird because I like to buy something nice and mm-hmm. then that motivates me to go get it. Right. And that's that's normal. That's totally cool. But there will be a point where you get everything you want mm-hmm. and then it becomes what motivates me now. That's the thing. When you quote unquote reach the finish line, of you, material things. Of material things. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I never thought I wanted a big home or anything like that. And then I started making some money and it became something that I could... And then interest rates skyrocket. <laughs> so it's like I have goals and then I don't know how... Like, what's your average demographic in terms of age? Like uh, 20 to 35. Oh, so everyone... Interest rates are messed up to the point where it's like you've done everything you've you've supposed to... You've saved your money. If you, you follow Dave Ramsey, yeah. That's, yeah, the first financial book I ever read was Financial Peace. Yep. And it worked really well to teach me how to be very cheap and not enjoy life, <laughs> <laughs> as he called the scorched earth lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and it works really well for a certain amount of people. But now there was a clip that went viral of him saying, well, just buy the home and refinance later. <laughs> and in theory, that probably sounds like a great idea. And to me, a couple months ago, not listening to podcasts and listening to even bits and pieces of your podcast that make me interested in going to learn about it. And I thought, well, that's really smart. But you don't get the context of what if that house goes down in value? So there are so many things that as a, like everyone who's watching, we have to learn kind of on the fly from people like you. And that's where it becomes dangerous, where the whole FTX thing happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, people people have been paid to promote that. And they're starting to become a line in the sand of social media content creators and how much you can trust them with right. your money. Because now it's the, the line is being blurred of what's, if this person is a pro like quote unquote professional, how do we actually know that? Well, so I, I mean, think it's here, here's the social deal. media has so many ups and downs to it. And well, I'm like, learning about interest rates, but how does this person know when interest rates are going to fall compared to that person? No one knows. That's number one. Okay. I've always said that, but, you just have to understand if you're going to follow somebody, what is their incentive, you know, with the content they're pushing, how transparent are they about that incentive and what is their background for being able to speak about that, right? So like, let's give three examples here. If you look at Dave Ramsey and you look at his incentive, um, for one, I mean, he gets paid when people use his um, network of realtors and loan officers. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So that's, one way he gets paid, right? If okay. you go by using his network and his smart vester pros and all whatever that different it is. stuff, I don't yeah. even know what it's called, but he'll make money, right? Yeah. But his expertise, I mean, look, the guy, as much as I don't agree with a lot of his philosophies, has helped a ton of people. I mean, that dude has changed lives. You you will find a million people who are like, dude, financial peace saved me, saved my marriage, saved my bank account. Like it's it's really based on people that don't have self control that are beginners. For sure. Like, yeah. it's great. It's not for entrepreneurs, but it is for, it has its purpose. Like, so I don't have a problem with that. I, the, as much as I hate on Dave, um, he serves his role. Um, you know, you're looking at all these FTX guys, right? A lot of our friends are getting heat for all this FTX stuff. The reality is, I mean, most of them don't really know anything about crypto, right? 
nor do they really know that FTX was going to be a, a problem. You know, by all appearances, they're great. You got Tom Brady, you got Steph Curry. You know, you got these big guys all promoting it. Like this guy's with the regulators. Like, how would you know that they're really struggling? Like Goldman Sachs, like everybody's investing in these guys. So it's like it's hard to even get like mad at them for that. But on the flip side, you got to also understand their experiences. Like these guys make a lot of money promoting signups for these things. These guys also don't really make money in actual business. They don't, they've never built businesses. They don't know how they're entertainers at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at somebody who doesn't have business expertise, giving you financial advice. Yes. That that's on you. Like that's actually a really good point because that's when you first got started, because I think I have a good eye for talent. And when you first started talking about your businesses, I was like, that doesn't really exist to the point where Ryan's already wealthy. Mm -hmm. Ryan's already been there, done that. He doesn't need YouTube to be a millionaire. Yeah. And then when I started thinking about that, it really made me rethink how I, my subscriptions, who I'm subscribed to, who I should trust and who I shouldn't. And it really is not a facade per se, but a lot of the financial people that you guys are watching, this is coming from someone that is an outsider. I'm not in the finance world. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guys you put your trust in are YouTubers and they became wealthy because they're YouTubers, not because they built businesses. And that's why I appreciate Ryan's perception and his perspective and why I go to him a lot because he's been there. He's built businesses. He's had shortcomings. The whole baseball thing, that's fine and dandy, but building businesses isn't easy. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards you because you do so many things off of YouTube, which makes you different on YouTube, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're not just like any YouTuber with like all the finance guys. It's all fire thumbnails and uh, (laughs) the world's crumbling this day and then the it's coming up the next day and then cars are going to be cut in half because the market – there are so many – Annoying but, but, things you know, about your specific well, and this and this is the thing too, and this is why my <laughs> I'm CP- going to put you guys on blast. This is why my CPM is also seventy. Um, so That's, seventy is not normal because guys. advertisers know people <laughs> watching, yes. like are very sophisticated. They're not falling for that drama bullcrap, mm-hmm. right? So also too, there's nothing wrong with that. I ain't hating on anyone making money. No, no, doing their sure. thing, right? So it, it just comes down to the way I view them is very much how I'd view a sports center anchor is like, they're an entertainer. They're there to talk about what the people who are actually doing stuff are doing. Well, I'm no different. If a, if someone goes to jail, that does so many, like if, if a baseball player does something bad versus a baseball player hitting a home run, yeah. I'm going to post about the dude doing something bad every time. Because no, 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 that's- no. But what I'm saying <laughs> is like, the, the, the anchors are there to talk about what other people who are doing stuff are doing, right? Okay. The reason the most successful anchors um, are like retired athletes because people respect them and their insight. It's like, dude, Charles Barkley is super entertaining. Yes, because he's knowledgeable. You respect him JJ for Redick. what he's done, mm-hmm. right? In baseball, A-Rod's been doing great. You respect the heck out of A-Rod despite what he's done like because he knows the game. Yes. You know, um, people hate on Stephen A because he's never done anything. Mm-hmm. Skip right? Bayless. No, no one likes Skip. Nobody who's ever an athlete likes Skip because Mm -hmm. they're just entertainers. Right. And that's what a lot of these YouTubers are. They're entertainers. They've never actually been players. Whereas me, when I came into YouTube, I'm like, dude, I'm a player first and foremost. I run businesses. I know exactly how to do things. And so when I make content, I'll never make content about 
this is crash. Like I just literally give content about my own experiences. I'm like, hey, this is what I personally do right now in my business. This is what I do. This is my strategy right now that I'm going to go buy a hundred homes with. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. Or, you know, hey, I had a one-on-one with Grant Cardone. Let me tell you what I'm going to apply in my own life that really stood out to me. And mm-hmm. so like it's different content because it's where else are you going to get it? And I think Draymond Green coined it new media. That's what they're calling it. New media. Professionals that are now understanding. Derek Jeter's on, he's finally on social media. Yeah. yeah. And it's all of these high IQ, whether it's a ex-athlete or a business person, they're finally understanding that social media is the next thing. And I'm learning so much from these people that I've always wanted to learn from instead of a guy that got lucky because he made a video eight years ago, it blew up and then he built the following. And now he's just kind of clickbaiting articles that he saw. He's building well, that, off. That, that's the hard part for them because they have nothing original to talk about, right? It's like you when you're relying on other people and their faults and experiences. That's why like, you know, when I see a lot of these channels just when it's always about hate and other people and how people fall. And, you know, like I, I look at them and I'm just like, well, bro, anybody, myself included, who's actually taking massive action, trying to do things, I'm going to fail and I'm going to win the majority of time, but I'm going to <laughs> fail a lot because I'm taking so much action. And guess what? Those guys are right there ready to snipe you the moment you fail. Always. Always. But then I look at it and I'm like, because you ain't got nothing going on with your life. Yeah, but I almost feel bad for those people. Like, I'm sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't get mad about it. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, when you have nothing going on with your life mm-hmm. and you want, like, your your career and life is dependent on kicking other people when they're down, despite how much success and things they've done, then what what is there to say? Like, yeah, I kind of don't, like, I feel bad. Well, to speak to it, the last time that we spoke, I was overweight, very unhappy, and I can't, I don't respond to any hate anymore. Right. And during that time when we last spoke, I was I was responding to everyone. Mm. And it is funny that I always thought to myself, why are people so negative? And then I didn't like myself and I kind of hated myself. And I found myself being willing to be more negative. Mm. So that's probably something that I would want people to remember is if you're not happy with your certain circumstances, there are so many people out there that you don't even know or have to make contact with that can help you. Um, Ryan's podcast, whether it's on TikTok or Reels, it's just a daily reminder that I can be better. I can make money. Um, I can work out. I can have certain things. And I would just really urge you guys to broaden your horizons. And if you are someone that is spending your time on Twitter, TikTok, commenting useless things about this person's appearance, Ryan's hair, uh, Fuzzy's weight on a video eight months ago, it doesn't do you any good. Yeah. If anything, it just... Hey, let me say, I enjoy the hair comments. You guys can comment I don't think, away. I, I don't think I would ever get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could because- Com- Comment away in the algorithm. And are you, because you did an experiment on how, what hair color yeah. gets the most views. Yeah. I've, I've done red, <laughs> purple, red. blue, green. Yeah. You haven't done yellow. Yellow. I have. Oh, you it, have? It's turned blonde. Well, it wasn't meant to be yellow, but your hair will naturally start blonding mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I basically done them all, but if I had to guess, I thought that like green and purple performed the best. Green and purple. Just based off pure views? 
based on money, no data at all, based on <laughs> me just like looking at it and saying, I think that performed pretty good. Dude, you know what's funny? I I read, I was watching a video of this guy who lost a ton of weight, uh-huh. and he made more money and got more views when he was fat. Look at Jonah Hill. Right. And he took offense. I don't know if you ever seen the clip where a lot of someone, a reporter asked them, do you think that you're going to be as funny? <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? He's like, do you think that you're going to be as funny when we, we were fat? And what's crazy is I made the most money and got the most views ever when I was overweight. Yeah. Responding to all of the hate. Yeah. So maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I should the algorithm just be just a cynical, yeah. awful human. That's, I feel like that's what gets the most clicks. You well, know, yeah, there's so does. many ways to well, go I about mean, this job. When you're when you're polarizing, you're going to get a lot of clicks. I mean, that's what that's why Andrew Tate just plays to it. I don't think Andrew Tate believes half the things he says, <laughs> no, but no he just chance, dude. He, he just says it, right? Right. I mean, a lot of people do. Like that's the more polarizing you become, the the more you're going to get views and people commenting like, "There's no way he like that is crazy," and he's just laughing in the background like. These yeah. guys. So that's good news for everyone. Whether you're an asshole, <laughs> can I curse on this one? Whatever. A hole. Or whether you're a <laughs> Christian, I love Jeebus. I feel like there are so many ways to blow up and be a content creator. Yeah. It's really just starting. How many people have you talked to? I'm going to make a video. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do a TikTok next week. Yeah. A lot. And then a year goes by and they uh, haven't done one. Uh, a lot. A lot. But you asked me about the housing market, dude. Oh, man. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at buying a house. You're scared of the rate, though. You're scared prices are going to go down. Yeah. That's the main fear. Well, for me, I'm perfectly happy. So I bought my house. It was close to 400000 a couple of years ago. I got a 2.99. Yeah. And at that point, I thought I got screwed because my other friends were getting 2.75. <laughs> you have some ridiculous negative seven. Yeah. Or a really low interest rate. And now that it's in the seven ones and... The first time I saw this house was probably end of July, and it was 1.5 at a 4% interest rate. I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's too much money. They're asking for too much because they bought it for 850, did renovations. Yeah. So they're asking for a, that's what the the market was. You were probably selling houses in a couple days. Yep. And now it's to the point where that house is still on the market. The price is coming down ever so slightly, but the interest rate went up. Right. So it's more affordable but it's no longer as affordable because the interest rate's not at four. Yep. So like everyone, all of my friends who waited from 2018 to 2020 for the market to crash, that never happened. The interest rates are now at 7%. They still can't afford a home. (laughs) So now it's someone who's in my shoes. The only recession I've ever experienced was my parents and I was young. Yep. I don't know what comes next. I don't know who Ross... Perot is whoever controls the interest rates and <laughs> definitely not Ross Perot. Whoever these people are. <laughs> you know, so it's like I guess my question. Jerome to Powell's you, everyone. Jerome Powell, that's right. who everyone hates. So at, if you were in my shoes, someone that has done everything you were asked to do, you have a nest egg, you have a down payment, you wouldn't have PMI, you understand interest rates a little bit. Yep. When does this end? Is it do we look at treasury bonds? Do we look at the S P five hundred? How do we start to feel comfortable? with the the doom of all of these clickbait finance YouTubers, it's over. The recession's here. But I mean, what, Why remember, invest? Did, didn't we just say they but don't I'm, really know what they're talking about? No, they, for sure. Okay, so that's number one. But when I don't know what, when I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Who go to you someone. To? I get yeah. it. I get it. So I get where, it. where do I turn to, Ryan? Oh, uh, man, it's tough because 
you know, you, for whatever way you're leaning is typically the content you'll find, right? If you're scared, you're going to go find content that's scary. Yeah, scary. And if you're optimistic, you're going to go find content that's optimistic. And for me, we actually never got back to me on like, what are my incentives? We did Dave, we did the YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like for me, if you look at it, you're like, well, of course he's going to say real estate's good. He sells real estate education. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's true. I do. And I own a lot of real estate. And so I would like to see real estate continue to go up. Right. Um, but I think when you kind of establish a track record of like, literally like saying what you feel, whether it's going to hurt you or not. And which I think at this point, people believe like what I say is what I mean. Um, I think this, I've said it for the last like four to six months and people who've watched have seen me say this. Like I, I moved into mainly wholesaling four mm. to six months ago. And that's like buying the contract and then selling the contract. Yeah. So not having to take the risk of flipping it. Okay. Right? Because I saw the market doing what it's doing. And I said, Hey, you know, I, I'm mainly switching to wholesaling. Right. So if anyone listened to me, like it was the right move. Um, I also said that I thought interest rates would be low by now. So I was wrong. Like threes? Just not Just seven. Just not seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I thought at some point they were going to stop raising and lower them. And, you know, they haven't. And, you know, I've been wrong on that. And so when I look at it today, the, I guess the the human side of me says like, well, okay, you had these midterms coming up and, you know, that's past now, but- mm -hmm. I would think they'd want some good news for the midterms. And so that was my my guess of like, they're going to start lowering for these elections to show people like whatever, right? Nope, they didn't do that. They kept raising. And so I, I basically told my students, I go, guys, I honestly have no idea what they're going to do. Like they could continue to raise them. Mm -hmm. You know, they might lower them. I don't know. I was like, but what I can say is we should still get real estate deals because you can always win in real estate by getting a good deal. There's always good deals out there, right? We're still making money. Do we have flips we're going to lose a lot of money on? Yes. I did hear you say that recently. Like, yeah. like sports bettors who only post their wins yeah, and then they lose their clients' money, but they don't post that. Yeah. At least you're self-aware and not a jerk to where you won't say, yeah, we're losing money on deals. Like we're yeah. not even breaking even on some of them. Yeah. Like we're going to lose money on deals. We're going to make money on deals. You said that a couple of days ago and I didn't tell you about it, but that was cool that you said that. Yeah. So like that's what's going to happen. Right. And at the end of the day, all I can do is make my best bet on what I think is going to happen. So during COVID, I felt like that was going to blow over really fast. And so I kept buying properties while everyone was scared. Mm -hmm. And that was the right decision. Right. Now I've said, I honestly have no idea, but to me, it's too risky to buy flips, okay, that are not like huge spreads. So if I'm going to buy a flip, I will still buy one. We are still buying, but I need a way bigger spread, mainly because there's less competition. I don't have to overpay for a flip anymore. And also too, if the market does continue to decline, which I don't see a crash. No, it'll right? be more of it, a, a steady decline yeah. or a flat line. That's mm -hmm. what's going to happen. Um, in that case, as long as I have a big spread, even if it's a steady decline, I'm still going to make money. So for me, I tell all the real estate investors, like if this is your career, doesn't mean you just go on vacation for the next six months and do nothing. Mm -mm. Just look for really good deals, wholesale those. If you can, if you want to take more risk and do a flip, you can do it, but you know, just make sure it's a really safe deal. Um, if you're buying rentals, and you really like that property and the numbers make sense. And even with the high interest rate still pencils out, buy it because mm. the price doesn't matter. Like you're holding it 
for a for long, long time. Yeah, right. It's irrelevant. The only way you really get hurt in this market is flips. It's not really rentals, right? You're not going to get hurt wholesaling. You're not going to get hurt with rentals. You can really only get hurt buying a thin flip. So um, in the end, that's what I'm telling my students, okay? Now, what would I tell a guy like you yeah. who is trying to buy one house, which a lot of people listening to this are doing? Mm -hmm. <sighs> it's tough. Everyone's situation is different, right? There's no cut and dry answer to any situation, right? Because if somebody goes to me and you know they, they're not making a lot of money and they can't take as much risk or whatever, uh, I'm going to have different advice for them from somebody like you where you're looking at buying a luxury home, right? And it's like, all right, well, here's the deal. I mean, you got a great home. You got a cheap rate. You could stay there. You're single. You have no reason for a mansion, right? So that being said, I'm not a guy who's like, don't buy the mansion. <laughs> yeah, like, I would use it for content. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, hey, if you really want the mansion, right? Okay, give me the reasons you want it. Tell me the reasons. It has a basement. Okay. And in my head, I've always wanted to separate work and home. So I would think that having a basement would give me the perception that I've separated work from home. Instead of having to go spend four or five grand on an office, yeah. I just go downstairs, shut the door, and it's a whole so new that, world. That's a great already like thing where you're like, well, either way, I'm going to spend five grand on an office. Mm -hmm. I might as well put it into a home I own mm -hmm. and it's easier for me. I'd enjoy it more. So already right there to me, beyond just because now you're not looking at it like a real estate deal, which is where other people would look and say, well, you know, it's one point, what'd you say, three? Yeah, one, it's, two. It's one, one two, yeah. one, three. And they bought know. it for 850, renovated it. Yeah, so. they bought it for 850. They're probably going to break even or make a little bit of money, whatever. Um, but you're looking at it not as a real estate deal only. You're looking as a business deal too. So e even if it were to, let's say you got it for one, two. Best case scenario, prices stay where they are, rates go down, and you're able to refi and mm -hmm. get a better rate and eventually prices will go up. Worst case scenario, prices go down because they keep raising rates, mm -hmm. but your payment's going to be the same because even if prices went down and the rate went up, your payment's still the same, but you know you bought it for a higher price, right? So let's say worst case, it goes down to a million, mm -hmm. right? And then it starts to recover thereafter and you know, whatever, right? Y you might be underwater on it for a little bit. You might not have gotten the best deal, but my guess is as a YouTuber, you're going to have made far more than that equity from using it. Mm -hmm. So either way, even in the worst case scenario, you still win. Right. But if I wasn't, if it was just someone buying, but like I said, everyone's situation's different. Because I was reading some stats like the average. And that's the worst case scenario, by the way. What? What I just said, like the oh worst yeah, that's that's worst case, right? That's if everything I did just did not pan out. Yeah, but I saw I read a stat where it's like four one point four million people applied for real estate licenses, got it in twenty twenty two. Eight hundred thousand of them did not sell a home. House prices went up forty percent over the last few years. So in my head, I'm thinking to myself, if I want a house that's one point two, they bought it for eight fifty. Was that 850, 40% above where it should be valued? Like if I spend one point two. No, don't, don't even think about any of that. For one, don't worry about what somebody else bought it for. Like number okay. one. Number two. That's good to know. Yeah, don't, don't ever worry about that. Um, I mean, they might've bought it years ago or it could have been a flipper like me who obviously- I It get, was a flip. Uh, yeah, I get yeah. good deals and I'm gonna fix them. Like that's my business. Um, 
By the way, if you show me that, it's probably my friend, so I could probably help you. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I was yeah. going to text you about it. Like, yeah, it's probably my style. friend. It, I might own it. I don't know. You probably do. Yeah. So I might cut you a deal. Probably not, though. So <laughs> Come on, man. I'll give you a baseball card. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I think, uh, like I said, that's why my advice is always individual specific because you have different needs than this guy, right? So for me, like, think about my lot on the mountain that I'm building, right? It's going to yeah. be a crazy house. Right. Like, on one hand, it, it would be nice to just go flip the land and go make a fat profit. The guy that's offering you a lot money, of money, right? right? Yeah. I could go make millions. Yeah. You know, on another hand, do I need to build that big of a house? No. my I do not need that, right? But on the other hand, I'm an influencer. And so, like... <laughs> Having that big of a house and that crazy, like the content of building that, mm-hmm. how much is that content worth? If if and when it's done, if I have a ton of like networking events there and meetups and business deals, I could have one business deal there that like really, they, that seals the deal and it goes and pays for the house. Like that could True. happen. So basically what you're saying is if if you're in a home right now that you got a 2.9 it's a solid house. If your only mindset is I want to upgrade houses and there's no other external factors and I'm using it for business, you would just stay put. Well, I mean, look, I mean, do you need that house? No. I mean, you're single, dude. You're young. You're fine. Um, Dave Ramsey would tell you not to get that house. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, would I sell your house? No. Oh, no, I'm, I would keep my home. Yeah, I would keep yeah. your home with that interest rate. I would totally not sell your house. Yeah, that guy's um, Dave Ramsey, man. Yeah. He's telling these people with 275 interest rates to pay off their home as fast as possible. Stupid. That's that's one thing I learned as an adult. Yeah. That's dumb. That's really dumb. Nobody should do that. No. Um, but anyways. <laughs> uh, Sorry, tangent. <laughs> but with you, look, if you got the money, it's not going to financially like harm you. You, you you see a way to making more money with the home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be happier, which in turn will make you better at business, better at making content. I see the path to buying it okay. personally. Okay. Because I just look at all this, like, you know, I was thinking about a jet. I'm not going to get one this year, but maybe next year. And you're, you're like leasing one or? I'm thinking about buying one next year. Wow. Right? Good for you. So looking at it, it's like buying a jet really doesn't financially make that much sense. Like you get a tax write-off and all this stuff. But when you start calculating other external factors of like the count, the content on this jet, you know, being able to talk about owning a jet, being mm-hmm. able to go take a customer or a client or an investor on the jet, um, you know, like there, there's a lot of things that the jet brings externally, like the amount of time saved, not going through the airport yeah. and dealing well, with that Well, I hate to crap. bring him up again. Andrew Tate, I listened to it. It came up on my feed. He's like, I, I, I use jets because I can go to Austria, Germany, and four other countries in one day. Yeah. And I'm not going there to sightsee. I'm doing business meetings. Exactly. So like, there's a lot of cases where it makes a lot of sense for someone like me, but it doesn't for somebody else. Right? So like, that's my point. My advice is never cut cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Everybody's unique in their situation. So I can't say what's best for you is best for somebody else. I was hoping there was going to be a one size fit all of here's generally what happens. There is one size fit all when you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping it was a easy, <laughs> just wait it out. The market's always correct. Keep your money here. Time in beats timing, all that different stuff. But when it comes to housing, I don't know if we're heading towards 
a crash, a recession. But look, like I said, I mean, even if prices do decline in the scenario we're talking about, it still can make sense for you. Okay. Specifically. Okay. And if things I'm going to blame you. Yeah. And if things don't and we're good, you're going to be happy you bought it. Right? Well, dude, it was good getting you on the show, man. Yep. Appreciate you coming out. Little uh, perspective from someone who has no idea what they're doing, but kind of is trying to learn. So I appreciate no, you. No, you're crushing it, dude. I mean, Thank you're, you. you're doing bigger things than I was doing at your age. So, dude, keep it up. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. We'll good luck to everyone out there. If you guys like baseball, check me out. Just yep. fuzzy. We'll link to fuzzy down below. We'll see you guys later. Good Peace. Luck. Thanks for watching all the way through on this podcast. It means a lot to me. I've also done another interview that I think is going to be super helpful for you. So make sure you watch this one now coming up next.